And another reminder that Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It gives you everything you need in one place, and it's free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. They have creation tools, so you can record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. And they'll distribute your podcast for free. So you can hear it on Spotify, Apple, Google, and many more. Just like us here at BraveMaker. Make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app today and go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks to our sponsors. Now back to the show. Stories, scripts, and conversations with creators. This is the Brave Maker Podcast. Happy Halloween weekend, everybody. My name is Tony Gapastone. Welcome to the Brave Maker live show and podcast. Welcome, everybody. I'm Christina Jackson. We have a beautiful show for you today. And With a beautiful person. We, oh, my goodness. Mr. Oh, Michigan. my gosh. Let's bring in Mr. Michigan, Hollis Morissette. What's up, Hollis? Hi. How are you, Tony? How are you, Christina? We're good. Oh, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm really excited. I was looking forward to today. I um, Usually I get up at like 5 a.m. to do my workout, but today I just laid in bed and I said, it's going to be like a really great day. So I have my Calm app and I woke up and I just listened to my Calm app. I meditated and I made an omelet and caught up on some YouTube videos. Shout out to uh, killer couch. I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love it was that. amazing. And I just took my time and then, you know, walked my dog. Then he went out on the balcony and he did his usual morning sunbathe. And I just said, you know what, let's just take it easy. <laughs> Thanks for taking it easy for us. I love that. You're like totally in the Zen meditative contemplative space. That's great. Like that, that is what we need. It's Halloween weekend, 2020. And uh, yes. yeah, let's, let's dig in. So Hollis, I met on this app called live it. Some of you who are longtime listeners and watchers have heard me talk about this before we have had uh, Ty and Parker who have been on before who are also streamers. It's just, I keep thinking it's just funny and it's, and it's weird that there's this thing called live it out there where people just get on and talk and now it's not showing up. So if you're, <laughs> if you're watching, I don't know why live it must be down, live it. What's going on? It can't, it can't show me, mm. but it's, we are live And on my phone, Hollis and other streamers just kind of sit, talk. Some people sing, act, dance. Uh, But Hollis and I connected on there. He's Mr. Michigan actor model. So let's just jump in. Tell us about how in the world you got to LA and what Mr. Michigan title that you own. (laughs) Well, you know, honestly, it's it's a really great story. So I am originally from Michigan. That's where I was born and raised. Um, actually I'm from a small town called Lansing and, and I say small town, but recently I actually found out, uh, this year that the population is over 10 million. So I guess it can't be too small. <laughs> it's not that small. <laughs> uh, That's funny. Well, it wasn't 10 million when I lived there, but I haven't lived in Michigan in over 10 years. So, um, Yes, that's where I'm from, Lansing, Michigan, and it's actually the capital, and it's the home to Michigan State University. And how I got to Los Angeles, well, 
I am one of the very rare people who have really made their decision at such a young age. It was actually when I was five years old that I decided I was going to move to Los Angeles. I knew that I was going to move there, uh, here, I should say, I live here now. And I knew who I was going to be and what I was going to be. I always saw the American flag and I always saw pageants. And I said, I'm going to be some form of a Mr. United States or, you know, a Mr. America or whatever. Um, Acting has always been my greatest passion. And to be honest with you, when I saw the movie, um, there was this movie by Jim Carrey that came out years and years ago. It was called Liar Liar, if I'm not mistaken, Liar Liar. And he was driving through what it looked like Los Angeles. And there's a scene where he was pulled over by an officer and the officer asked him a question. But at this time, this, uh, the, the lying spell had been cast on him by his son. And he said, you know, he has this many number of unpaid parking tickets. But at that time, he was driving through Los Angeles from you know, what it looked like. And I immediately knew, I knew where I wanted to live. Um, I knew that the East Coast for me was not gonna last. I've never, even though I was born there, I've never really been an East Coaster. I've always been a West Coast uh, person at heart. Uh, The East Coast makes me feel really claustrophobic and I suffer from claustrophobia. And I feel like here there are just so many more opportunities, not just with work, but just environment. And, you know, you can go places like you can go to the mountains and get snow. If you're tired of it, you can drive two hours and you can have sun. You can have the beach, you know, you can have the city life, whatever you want. So that is basically how I came about that decision. I always knew, though, I always knew that I was going to go to college on the East Coast because I always felt that if I went to college in Los Angeles, that I probably would delay my graduation time because I would cut class and go to auditions. So I wanted to kind of stay focused. Um, So that's how that came about. Uh, And then you asked me about Mr. Michigan. Well, of course, when I found out about my pageant, Mr. United States organization, um, you know, I did my audition video, filled out my application, and then there were, you know, a couple of options. They said, uh, they asked, do you want to be Mr. California or do you want to be Mr. Michigan? So my, uh, they gave you three options. My first option was Mr. Uh, California. And then the second option was uh, Mr. California. And then the third option I chose Mr. Calif- uh, Mr. California again, just to be, you know, to kind of cross my eyes and or dot my eyes across my T's. Um, you wanted to be very I, clear with, I want Mr. California. <laughs> I did. I wanted to be very clear, but you know what? There was actually a Mr. California already. He was already chosen. And so then that's when I won my, so, you know, you go through the whole process and the audition, you do your videos and then you do certain competitions and then you, um, either you win your state title or you don't. So at the beginning of this year, I won my state title as Mr. Michigan. It was a huge surprise, but I wasn't mad because I said, well, let me just represent my state. I haven't lived there in over 10 years, but at least I know a lot about that state. So let's just do that. know the history. So that's kind of how I became Mr. Michigan. That is so cool. Can I jump in here and say, so I actually traveled to Michigan in 2018 for the first time. I'd never visited the state and I went to Grand Rapids to compete for Miss Wheelchair America. 
And I realized there's like a lot of ambiguity and mystery around pageant. So what exactly was the process for you? What uh, hurdles did you have to overcome? And hoops did you have to jump through to become Mr. Michigan? Well, the hurdles and the hoops, I, I gotta tell you, it was, <laughs> uh, that's such a, it's a broad question that yeah. leaves a broad answer. <laughs> Because I don't think many people understand when people think of pageants. Well, first of all, congratulations to you, because I already know your history within your pageantry. And so I love oh that. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. I love you for that. No, no, no. Seriously. Like, honestly, I think it's just amazing. And I think when people hear pageants, they think, oh, crowns and, and gowns and and mm -hmm. tuxes and you swimwear. And yeah, I mean, yeah, you you go and you glide the stage or you know, you you grace the stage with your presence, but people think that it's just this beautiful beautification type of platform where you stand there and you smile and you say world peace, like like it's Sandra Bullock and Miss Congeniality. And it's like that's <laughs> yeah. really 10% of pageantry. That's 10% of pageantry that you have no idea what we go through. So the hurdles, I mean, honestly, I can only speak for myself because everyone's hurdle is different. For me, I just, I had to learn to just be myself within pageantry. I think in my life and in my career, I've always just been myself. I've always been different and I've always known that. People have always said, oh, you're so different. And I think because I've never been the person to be, uh, oh, what they're doing or, you know, they say, or, you know, I've never been that kind of person to follow society. Mm -hmm. But within pageantry, I think being a former model, I went in with this facade that I have to sit a certain way. I have to talk a certain way. I have to answer within a certain time frame, And that wasn't me. And it kind of created me to be this robotic person. So I think that would be the greatest hurdle that I had to learn is to just be myself and not be so robotic because this is not what this is about. And um, I learned one of my greatest um, thing, uh, uh, I'll say greatest aspects that I've learned within pageantry is learning myself and to be my best, my best self, knowing and discovering who I am. So I would say that would be the greatest hurdle an obstacle that I had to overcome was just really just being myself within pageantry um, and not being robotic. That is beautiful. And that is what you do now as a lifestyle coach and blogger. You help people discover who they are. And have you always had a strong sense since you were a child of who you were, even if you weren't able to put that into words? Oh my gosh. Yes. You know, my, my family has all kinds of like, um, we had this video camera and, you know, it, I'm sure, you know, if you guys with your families have had video footage of you from back in the day, you know, that was like the thing back in the eighties and nineties, you videotaped yeah. everything. Um, and I have always been independent. I have always tried to help people like video footage of me literally in my parents' house or visiting at my grandparents' house. I'm picking up the phone and I'm dialing the number, um, you know, telling people, random people, just, you know, my name is Hollis and I wanna call and talk to you. Um, I don't know who you are, but I feel that this is my purpose to tell you what to, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, 
I, and also I'll just say that um, I think with me being such a leader, and when I say leader, I've always had like a leading role. Um, I've always felt the need to take on that role to help people, not necessarily follow me, but to kind of guide them on a journey to be a leader. Uh, in elementary school, I was in choir and I became the lead singer. And then my parents put me in a symphony or I played the violin for over eight years. And I was kind of like one of the lead chairs. And then a lot of people oh, don't wow. know this. I like to surprise a lot of people because a lot of people don't know a whole lot about me. But actually in high school, I was class vice president. And um, oh, wow. I was always taking on like lead roles and I was homecoming court and prom king nominee. So I think just for me, I always saw a leadership opportunity to better myself, but also bring people along to better themselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, just because I'm like, well, this is an opportunity for everyone to be individual. That is so beautiful. <laughs> you definitely shine as a leader. And oh, so in California, you. they they have the Miss Wilter California competition. And it's actually about leadership. It's not about a beauty contest or pageantry. It's about finding advocates. So what is the Mr. Michigan? Is that also about leadership? Where are you in your reign? What are your duties and responsibilities? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thank do we you need to talking. do we need to like speak to you in royalty terms? I know, <laughs> like your highness. I don't know. We can do uh, that. I would prefer that. No, I'm joking. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, actually, there's a saying in um, in the pageantry community that you know once you are inducted, you know, um, into the you know you get your title, you're actually and this is a true story. Um, you are pageantry royalty. So, Christina, you and I are actually both pageantry royalty. Uh, this is so <laughs> but that mean that I'm just feeling really excluded right now, so I'm just going to go hang out in the virtual green room. You all can talk. <laughs> Tony, I'm going to send you a sash. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely royalty. Like, look at Brave Maker. It's such a great platform. Look at you. You're doing awesome. <laughs> Receive that, receive that bestowing, that knighthood. I just was knighted. Mm -hmm. okay. Yes, yes, yes. I crown you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but um, your your question was basically, you know, how, you know, what my platform is and where my yeah. reign is. So basically with my platform, within Miss United States Organization, um, to start out, I actually finished as Mr. United States second runner up. And, wow, yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. And um, actually, it was a big surprise to me just because, you know, I knew that I could do it. Um, you know, some of the pre preliminaries, like we have the swimsuit, the, the fitness wear, and the formal wear, you know, I have experience in that being a former model and, you know, with acting, mm -hmm. you have different events and stuff. Um, but I will say this. When I walked into pageantry, I knew nothing about it. I had heard about it and I had seen like, you know, Miss USA, but I hadn't seen a competition since like 1993 or 95 or whatever, mm -hmm. you know? So I walked into this with uh, a blank slate, knew nothing and came out strong. Um, with my platform and my reign, I will say um, I'm still Mr. Michigan, United States through December. Um, and then my platform is more set, my last name more set for MSS, which is Men Should Speak. Now, what my platform entails 
is I focus on men's mental, physical, verbal, and emotional health. And the reason why I'm focusing on that is because you see a lot of men, or at least I've seen a lot of men, I've observed that uh, a lot of men don't take care of themselves fully. They wait to the last minute to go to the doctor, to go to the hospital. I mean, basically bleeding on the floor. You know, mm -hmm. if no one picks them up or picks us up, I should say, and takes us to the hospital, mm -hmm. it probably will never get done. Mm -hmm. And mental health is such a very strong topic and it's an important thing because the mind is the worst prison. You know, it's, it's like the starting point of everything. And so basically that's why I am doing this platform. And I've worked with men for a lot of years and to be vulnerable and transparent, um, I am a person, uh, a male who has struggled with emotional health and depression and anxiety and you know mental health. And so the reason why I am doing this is not only because I believe in it, but because I've experienced it. I'm working mm -hmm. through it. And it's the best way to really help men out. And I'm also partly using the platform Livit to be able to afford to build a facility so that way men can come and get help. And um, not only get help, but get people off of the streets. You know, I want men, I want men and women off of the streets. I, I want to end homelessness. But being homeless and having a mental issue, I don't know what that's like. But I can say, I do know what it's like to have a mental problem. And I can only imagine what they're going through. And I want to get them off of the streets because they need to be healthy in all ways. And even if they're not homeless, if they're in a marriage or they're at home or living somewhere, whatever, and they need help, I want them to come to the facility and feel comfortable and safe. Now, people are going to ask, how is that different than having, you know, going to counseling? Well, okay, it's sort of similar, but with my facility, I want to have people help get these men healthy who have also mm -hmm. struggled. So for example, if John, for example, is struggling with emotional health, then I want him to come to the facility and I want him to be paired with Max, who has struggled with emotional health in the past, who knows what to do and isn't just a person with a clipboard who says, all right, try this, try that, who really has experienced it and can not only mm -hmm. sympathize, but can empathize with these patients. And that's part of my platform. That's really cool. We, we need more of this type of conversation. I mean, especially right now, especially as people are shut in and so many people are losing jobs, there's pandemic fears, there are people literally you know, sick because of the pandemic. Can you talk about the, part of your platform as a man, you know, pageants are something that stereotypically, right. And maybe even in, in our culture, there's stigma around that. I love that your platform as a man in a pageant is about manhood, if you will. Can love you talk it. about that a little bit more just about what you've learned about yourself in regards to your own masculinity, what makes a healthy man, a healthy man? Absolutely. And I'm so glad you asked that question. So, you know, I think it's time now, not just with the pandemic, but with everything that's going on. In my personal opinion, I think it's time to really break the stigma of what it means to be a man and what makes a man. Mm -hmm. Being a man doesn't mean you have to have the best biceps, you have to have this many number of abs, 
you have to have this number of people you slept with and you you have to have this the deepest voice you know I, I think people take these gender roles and they have whoever in life at some point said this is what makes a man and this is what makes a woman I I think that was long ago and you know i wish that person well but that person is no longer here <laughs> and so we need to really step back and understand that just because you ask for help and just because a man cries whether it's in private or in front of all his friends or his girlfriend or his wife or whoever if he cries on tv it doesn't make you less of a man it makes you a human being that asking for help is a human trait and asking for help, it makes you a stronger man, in my opinion, because it makes you a smarter man because you care mm. what? You care about your body. And if you want to care about your body and you want to be here because God gave you the body to take care of it, then being a child of God, you need to take care of your body and ask for help. You need to check yourself, you know, once a month, do your testicular cancer checks, you know, make sure, you know, your body is good go. If something isn't right, even if it's something minor and, 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 and you think it's something major, but the doctor says, oh, you just have a migraine. Okay, great. You wiped your hands clean and you know what it is, but you got your body checked out. Whereas you could be laying on the floor dead somewhere. You see what I'm saying? I think as a male, it's time to tap into your your zen. It's time to tap into who you are. And honestly, I'm going to say this. A lot of men, in my opinion, from what I've seen and what I've experienced, a lot of men do tap into their, their zen or their, or their fem, femininity or what have you, but they don't express it externally. And I think it's time to do that because it doesn't make you any less of a man. It just makes you, you know, it makes you you. And that's part of what my website is, is be you. It's what makes you. Be you. Just be yourself. That's all you can be. Don't be anyone else because you'll never cross that finish line. And I've always said this. When you are following someone, okay, you're following them, right? But for example, Tony, if I'm following you and everything you do, you're going to cross the finish line. Yeah? You're going to cross the finish line. I'm not going to cross the finish line. Why? Because I followed everything that you did. But the finish line was meant for you for the journey that you took. So why not do my own thing so that we can both finish and cross that finish line? I love that. If you want to learn how to run your own race, check out his website. That is beautiful. You really run your yeah. own race. <laughs> You got you got your platform down, Hollis. That's really great. No, I mean, we we talk a lot on this podcast about what it means to brave your own way. Mm -hmm. Too many of us as humans or creatives, we wait for someone else to make our dreams come true. We think, you know, we don't have enough or until I do something to prove myself, I need to kind of wait. And what I hear you saying is every single one of us has been designed to do something, to be something in the world. And just do it. Just be it. When you find it, live it. You have this, you know, those people who are watching live or on the replay, and I'll read it for those who are listening on the podcast. Your website says lifestyle tips, meal dishes, and courage is my lane. And I think that's really cool. Like if we all could kind of find those words, that phrase to go, hey, what's what's my lane? This is what it is. Like for me, 
it's filmmaking and storytelling, mm -hmm. taking risks, entrepreneurialism. I love the arts. And when I feel most alive, it's in this place of doing this work. And so as much as I can, and all of you listening and watching, that's something for you to strive to. As we end 2020, which I know some of you are like celebrating, there's two more months left, <laughs> two more months. What things can you be doing to get more into that lane where you can be you? I think that's really great. Yeah, you know, to get into your lane, I think it takes a lot of, I'll say this, it's not as hard as many people think. This is this draws back to the mental portion. You really have to tap into your mental health and realize that, hey, knock, knock, I'm good, I'm here. Mm -hmm. Someone's home, the lights are on, people live here, mm -hmm. you know? And in order to be in your lane, I think you need to find yourself. Mm -hmm. You need to find what makes you happy, find what, you know, doesn't stress you out so much you know, everything that we do, even if we love it, you know, you're going to get stressed at some point. Mm -hmm. um, but I think finding your own way and really just being yourself is key. Um, for example, like mine is acting. And I found that at a young, at a early age, I started acting at eight years old. Um, but with that being said, um, yeah, you just, you really have to just tap into what you like. Don't tap into what someone else likes. Don't tap into what you think others are going to like. Don't do it because it makes others happy because you're never going to be happy. You're never going to find your way. You're never going to make your own path. And, and, and that's why it's called your path. Emphasis, mm -hmm. yours. It belongs to you. You, you need to do it yourself. Um, nothing is wrong with getting a little help along the way, but in order to create your own way, you're going to have to find out what makes you happy. I think too, I'm thinking of people listening going, but just tell me what to do. Like, what do you mean? Find my own way. I think there are some tips I would say to those of you listening who are going, you're evaluating yourself and saying, you know what? I really am not happy with my job or my work. Uh, I'm really not happy with my day to day, the kind of ways I spend my time or my relationships. I think you need to make you know a list, do some evaluation. What things can you do you have control over that you can change? What are some things that you can stop doing or start doing? Maybe you need to take a class. Maybe you need to start listening to a podcast on the regular. Maybe you need to volunteer somewhere or join an organization that's doing the things that you're doing. Or Hollis already said this, it's ask for help. Who can you ask for help mm -hmm. to do the things you want to do or to get where you want to be? And that's, I think, a key for the creative world uh, is a lot of us are trying to find help, whether it's funding or crew or people to give us feedback on our work. That often is tough. Mm -hmm. I, I will give it to you. That's what I think sits some of us on the sidelines, why we choose to sit on the bench because we're not getting the help that you that we need. That's why Brave Maker is here. So if you're listening or watching, we want to help you. It only takes a few things to move your stuff forward. So specifically, if you're an mm -hmm. actor, you're a writer, or you're a filmmaker, you need to get into a class. We have workshops for screenwriting. You need to take our screenwriting class and start writing your stuff and stop freaking waiting for someone else to drop a script in your lap and write your own dang story, right? You've got to do some things to move yourself forward. Any other tips for 
for our listeners, Christina Hollis, that you would say like some literal things people could do or not do to move their, their story forward? Um, or did you want to go first, Christina? I'll jump in here and say, because I'm taking a Tony's screenwriting class, that it's incredibly rewarding to have something on your heart. And for me, I had a comic book on my heart that I was working on. And to see it coming together when you have the structure and you have the help and you have the assistance and people encouraging you to keep going, keep writing, and they're helping you edit and get it better. And they're connecting you with other people who know artists and writers and editors. And once you start seeing your dream come to life, it is so invigorating and it's so exciting and it will, it will ignite you. And so just definitely take action. Don't sit there any longer and say, man, I really wish I would do that. And I'm really unhappy where I am right now, but what can I do? Take the first step, take a class, sign up for a class. You won't regret it. You really won't. That's good. And I'll just say this, um, what you both have said, but in a simplified version. And it's, it's, it's three simple words that I think a lot of people don't say because it makes them feel uncomfortable. They think it. But what you both have said in a simplified version, take the risk. Mm. Yeah. Take the risk. Because mm -hmm. if you don't take, that's what life is all about. You know, you're here for a fun time. You're here to make memories. Take the risk. If you're unhappy, you have to change it. No one is going to take your hand and change it for you. No matter what they say, no one is ever going to do that. You have to take the risk and you have to make it your own. And I will also say journal. Journaling really helps. I journal every yes. single day. Now, sometimes I skip days, but then I go back and I fill in those days again. <laughs> but journaling really helps because it clears the mind. When I moved to Los Angeles, I didn't know, I knew that, I, you know, after college, I knew that it was my time, you know, making that decision to make that five-year-old boy happy, but I didn't know how I was going to do it. I said, am I going to fly? Am I going to take the train? I don't know. Am I going to walk? I mean, not really, but you know. And you know what? Honestly, I took the risk and I did something that not a lot of people do. Yeah. And at the time, I had no friends. You know, I had a lot of doubters, people who did not cheer me on, but I didn't care. I, you know, at the time I was, you know, I never really had to, up until my, you know, until I graduated college and moved to Los Angeles, I never really had to work. You know, my family provided things for me and all that kind of stuff. But I still worked a, a college job just so that way I can have my own money. And I put in my vacation time. And no, I quit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I quit. Um, and um, I, I took the risk, but I took an even bigger risk. And I'm not suggesting this, but I'm just a person who is like, I, I do that kind of thing. I, I get a thrill out of it. Like I, I want to jump out of the space shuttle and float into the earth. Like, I, I like that kind of risk. <laughs> yeah. And I worked like an eight to nine hour shift that day. And I went back to my apartment um, at the time. And this was actually, I went to college in Charlotte and I slept for like three hours, three to four hours. And I woke up and I packed my car and I didn't even tell my parents I was leaving you know, mother's intuition, she lived in, you know, she lives in Michigan, but I was in Charlotte. And she woke up in the middle of the night and called me and said, are you on the road? And she figured it out. Um, but yeah, I left in the middle of the night. I packed my car. Yes, I did. And I got on the road. And before you knew it, I was driving by myself with a bag of chips and music. 
and I was my own, you know, singer, songwriter, beat maker, mm -hmm. you name it. And I drove through Tennessee and, you know, before you knew it, I was in Texas and then Arizona, and, you know, all, all these different states. And because I was so determined to really make my life and pave my own way, it's a three-day drive and I did it in two. Barely no sleep. And there was a time where I stopped at a hotel to get rest and something didn't feel right. And I took an even bigger risk and I left. Honestly, I, I would love to get that money back for that hotel room because I didn't even stay there full time, but that's <laughs> neither here nor there. Um, I got back up, I took a cold shower and I got back on the road. It, was it dangerous? Yes, it was. Um, was I putting myself at risk? Yes, I was. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Honestly, with faith and a risk and God on my side, I am here today and I made it work. And, you know, I, I did I did what I felt was right. And, and, you know, to top it all off, when I crossed the border into California, into San Bernardino, um, the man was very nice and didn't even make me pay a toll. <laughs> hey, Sometimes the go. risk pays story. off. That's great. Yeah. Well, this has been really cool, uh, Hollis. I think you hit it, you know, with that statement about taking the risk. It does. Like sometimes the risk hurts though too. And mm -hmm. it comes with a lot of sacrifice because people don't support, they don't follow. In fact, you've talked about doubters, the people who are silent, right? Uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and other times it's like people are kind of waiting to see what's going to happen. I've had this happen so many times. They want to benefit off your risk. They're not willing to partner with you in the the risk, but when you risk and it pays off, then they come <laughs> and say, oh, okay, cool. Now, since it's safe, I'll join you. And that's the hard part in, in not just this business, but life is it really does take a lot of sacrifice uh, to go after your dream and even bigger than going after your dream, just to be who you are, because there's a lot of pressure and a lot of external forces that are always working against us to be who we are but you certainly have seemed to rise to the surface and so we're grateful <laughs> for you uh thanks for sharing your story thanks for being mr michigan mr second runner-up of mr united states very cool you're our first male pageant winner which is awesome <laughs> christina any final well. comments you want to say Yes, absolutely. Believe in yourself, believe in your dreams, believe that you're worth it and just know that you are enough. Yes, right oh, on. I love that. Right on. Well, it's been a joy, Hollis, uh, as we take off here. Uh, I, Tony Gapastone, who get to be the executive director of Brave Maker, just want to say thank you for watching and listening on the replay or on the podcast. If you go to our, our website, bravemaker.com, you can sign up for our classes, click the link. It's pretty easy. We are a 501c3 nonprofit. And so if you become a patron, a donor, even five bucks, 10 bucks, 50 bucks, hundred bucks a month helps us keep doing this work. We just launched a second podcast with Christina and her collaborator, Christine Burke called the wheel queen. So you want to make sure you go check that out, subscribe on every place possible that you listen to. A podcast. And if you want to get on our monthly, or excuse me, our weekly newsletter, go to bravemaker.com slash buzz. And sometimes we send free movies. Like we actually have a free film that went out last week uh, called Akid Zaramo, which is a really great uh, short film about a uh, 
father and son reconciliation after death in a way. And the filmmakers will be on live with us in just about a half an hour. So if you want to come back, if you're watching, you can come back at 4 p.m. on all of our platforms and check us out. And make sure you also subscribe to our YouTube page, okay? Our YouTube page is Brave um, BraveMaker.org on YouTube. And we just released Killer Couch, which came out today. Yeah. So yes, don't miss that. If you want to check it out, there's a little sneak peek here as we're ending. Uh, so those of you who are watching can see. But it has a lot of themes that are really important right now about toxic people and how we deal with them in our life, as well as a, a little a little hint of love to my Latinx familia. In that same way, I'm showing my shirt to remind us that Black Lives yeah, Matter. Black lives All right? Matter, yeah. yeah. All right. So thanks again to Hollis. Make sure you go and follow him on his page, which is Instagram, the Hollis Morissette. Two R's, two S's, two T's. If you're listening, uh, we will put this in the podcast show notes. And Christina and I always like to say, brave stories change the world. And you are the story. <laughs> Till next time. Thanks for listening to the Brave Maker podcast. Subscribe, give us a rating and share with a friend. Brave Maker is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Our work is funded by generous patrons like you. Support the podcast with a tax-deductible donation at bravemaker.com. Brave stories change the world. You are the story.